everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Hello and welcome everybody to Uncommon Wealth Podcast. I love that intro music. You know what we have today? We have a three-person podcast. We have myself, Brian Dewhurst. Hello. Hola, como estas? This is Brian Dewhurst. (laughs) And the one and only Aaron Kramer. We have three of us. Hello, Aaron. Hello, my name is Aaron. Yep. And you know what we're going to do today? We're going to talk a little bit about taxes. What have they done historically? What are they going to do in the future? And why should we care? Uh, Where do we start out? We have a document, an attachment for this that we're going to kind of be going over. But all we're trying to say in this whole podcast is it it matters. And where have we been historically? Where are we at now? And where where do we think? Obviously, we're kind of projecting a little bit. Uh, Nothing that we should say right now. Caveat, caveat. Risk compliance, compliance, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, we like are we not know. tax advisors, and we are not giving tax <laughs> advice. That's that's Brian keeps me out of jail. I appreciate that. So where do you guys want to start? And then I think I'll be kind of litmus test. If I start falling asleep, I'll be like, pull off, pull off. We're going too deep. Okay, that's my yeah. Time. I can start like when. So this is like a fascinating thing to me. When I was reading Ed Slot's book. This is where we kind of got this from. I'm a visual learner and seeing what we're going to put there in the notes here, if you do go out and look at it, it really opened my eyes to where the top federal income tax brackets were and where we're at now and how long they've been there. And it's kind of scary. What this document looks like when you look at it is just the year, it goes 1913, and then what the top federal income tax bracket is. And then it just goes year by year until today. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, And so I'd love to quickly, just for those who don't understand how the tax code works, it's tiered. Brian, tell us how it is and why we're talking about the top tier. Yeah, it's it's progressive uh, is kind of the word I think most associated with the tax code. Very similar to tiered, Um, but you probably either tiered or progressive. So, you know, zero to whatever you, whatever the first tranche is, is like no taxes. And then the next, next tranche is like 10 to 15% taxes. I'm not going to go through the actual code because it changes all the time. But, right, right. you know, basically the rate at which, the marginal rate with which you pay taxes as your income goes up, it goes up. Right. And so if so, you make only $6,000 a year, you're probably not going to get taxed on that. Right. But then if you get if, paid you know, more, yeah, you're if you're making 600000 a year, then right. you're, that income that's coming in, that last dollar is coming in at the highest bracket. And that $600 one is getting taxed different than the $25,000 mark. So that's why it's uh, progressive yeah. is the real world. Thanks for yeah. correcting me. That was so, great. <laughs> I think the important thing to know, or I guess that I want to get out there since I identify as a libertarian, but um, is the fact that our country was founded in 1776 and there was no taxes until mm. 1913. Um, that to me is also an interesting part of the story. Um, and the tax code was put into place on Christmas Eve uh, in 1913 with the Income Tax Act Uh along with co-legislation for the Federal Reserve Act. So our country materially changed 
1913. And it's never gone back uh, for the Fed controlling the money supply or for us paying federal income taxes on our labor and uh, wages. So got to love it. Okay, Aaron, where do we start, buddy? Kick us off. I don't I mean, my thing is when you're looking at this, it's seriously, when we look at this graph starting in 1944, all the way to 1963, we were, our top federal income bracket was in the 90 percentile. So I know if you're a listener here and like even myself, I'm like, well, I'm not in the top bracket, so I don't really care. But remember how Philip and Brian just said it's progressive. So that means I probably would have been in like 30 or 50 or I don't know how they would have done that, but like would have been a much higher tax bracket because it goes up. So you don't just jump from being what you're in now to like 90. So that means man, when we're looking at it and I know a lot, like, so I know I talked to some people about this and they were saying like, well, a lot of this followed like world war two and the wars and stuff that we had to pay for, mm. which is true. But also, we just have gone through some funky times these past couple of years. We've printed more money than we've ever printed in history in these past two years. Uh-huh. So, the potential for taxes to go up, I mean, it's there. I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Right. right. But let's just quickly just understand this. Like, the highest it goes up to is 94%. Could you imagine what your mind would be thinking if I make over this? 94% of it is gone. I mean, think that about that, suck. what that does mentally to you. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. It just kind of like totally like demoralizes you from even trying to be creative or trying to push the envelope. Not saying that money is the incentive for everything, but if you're getting 94% taken away, that changes your mindset a little bit, right? Yeah, sure. You think about our, I think our current. Don't hold me to this. I don't have it looking at. I think once you're making like three hundred and fifty thousand or something like that, you're in the top tax bracket right now. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, three fifty to four forty, I believe, if you're married filing jointly. Right. Depending. Yeah, that's not like you're this like you're not even in the one percent. Right. So for listeners out there, think like. I mean, we're not saying like, yeah, if you're making billions of dollars and you're going to get taken, you know, 94% of it, like, I mean, whatever, but like, you're only making, I say it only, but like, you're not a, some big mil- making millions a year, 300 and something thousand dollars a year, and they're going to take 94% of it. Right. And then you could just see, cause I, I can almost hear myself thinking like, okay, what can I do to avoid that? Right. Yeah. If like how many things or or how many people do I have to surround myself with to help me avoid paying ninety percent in taxes? It's interesting. Right? Yeah, and I think I don't think this chart has the federal Medicare surcharge tax added in because I think it's actually higher than thirty seven percent. So let's just say it's forty as of today if you count the Medicare surcharge tax. But um, what I what think, is that for our listeners, Brian? Uh, It's the tax that was basically added through Obamacare to, you know, further offset the cost of the legislation to be passed. So it's just another tax to help pay for Obamacare. Okay. And Medicare benefits and stuff like that. Um, So, I mean, that's my understanding of it. But 
I think the important thing that we're trying to get at is your labor and your wages are taxed at a, at a healthy rate, whether you think that's high or low. Historically, it seems low, but I think now more than ever, like what you're saying, Aaron, more people are in these higher brackets than there were 50, 60, 70 years ago, for sure. Mm-hmm. And when you look at potentially making gains on your assets, like real estate, stocks, bonds, whatever, you have to do that or you should be thinking about how to do that in a tax-deferred way or tax-sheltered way um, and so that you're not adding to your tax liability with your investment strategy. Yeah. And the other thing to start thinking about, though, you know, work with your financial advisor or somebody is that, you know, it's like we use ourselves, for example, we're all fairly young. We get to like retirement age that we put all this money into an IRA. It's tax sheltered. That's great. But it was tax sheltered from our lower taxes today. And then you get to retirement and then now taxes have gone up since oh, then. That's a good point. That's a great and point. Then now we go to pull it out and let's say it's, we're at 50% tax bracket. And now that has now been hit by, it's only worth half because you're going to give half of it to the government. So there are strategies to do to help like convert that or not convert that. That's a bad word. Um, mitigate yeah, that risk. Yeah. yeah. Mitigate that risk for sure. All right. Let's talk about this for a second. Cause you mentioned old Ed slot at first uh, and both, you know, Brian and you, Aaron have studied and read books. We all get, if you've heard this show before, probably not me, but I'm grateful. I have smart people around me. Tell, tell the listeners what, I mean, he's kind of, he's done a lot of research. I'll just say that. And that, and, and we pull a lot of information from him. Um, so let's talk about quick Ed Slot. What is different about him? What is he trying to prove or trying to help people with? Let's talk about that quick. And then also know that both Brian and Aaron have studied some of his stuff. Brian, you've gone in depth just recently with a class. And I know that you were like, it was like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I can go tip it off since he went to the class. So he knows more than I do, but I've just read his books. He is the leading CPA on IRAs. So he kind of just really helps financial advisors, tax experts and estate attorneys understand the ins and outs of taxes. When we're looking at like some of our biggest wealth vehicles, which tends to be our IRAs. So, he helps us how to learn or teach us how we can like make those as tax proficient as possible. Yeah. And I think the, you know, I go back to legislation, you know, the IRA and all of that was created in the seventies after wall street rated corporate pensions and kind of in the seventies and eighties, they'd go in and buy out all these companies and then ransack the pension because it made the company instantly more profitable and they'd sell it. And so they needed a vehicle to pass the liability of retirement on because they were essentially eliminating it. So that's really where the 401k and the IRA and the ERISA legislation started uh, was the need to replace the company pension. And all of this, you know, the unintended consequences of all of these rules. And there's been a lot of rule changes in the last two years with COVID, with the CARES Act. And so a lot of the class was on all these, I would, I would say maybe a little bit more edge cases of, you know, situations that happen in life, you know, and because of these 
all these nuances of this legislation that's been passed, like what you thought was going to happen is not what's happening now. And so Ed also provides a community to stay on top of all this stuff because um, it changes actually quite a bit. Like, for example, they're, they've just made a massive change to, um, you know, beneficiary IRAs and withdrawal, um, like the order in which you have to take your money out and how quickly you have to take it out. They've changed the requirement and distribution age from 7 and a half to 72. They're talking about moving to 75 or eliminating it, which is interesting. And so there's just all these things that are very challenging to stay on top of, you know, if you're just a retired person um, trying to manage this stuff yourself and you have, you know, some of these kind of edge cases or nuances that, you know, you may break a rule or fall into a better strategy unknowingly, you know, just because of life. Right. So that's a big part of what Ed Slots community is too, is just the constant uh, continuing education around all this stuff and it's and the way it changes. That's good. So from a tax perspective, what you guys are saying is historically we're fairly at a lower rate than normal. Is that what I'm hearing? Did I hear that correct? And you both are saying like sign all signs are pointing that these things are probably going to go up. So if you are putting your money into an account that's going to get taxed in the future, it might be something you want to think about today. So what is one action item that people can do if they have found themselves in this exact situation? So they can, I know like the one thing for younger clients, if you're, you know, 10 years out from retirement, five years out from retirement is start doing Roth conversions. If it works out for you. Uh, again, you got to make sure you talk to a financial professional. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but, uh, yep. that's one way to do it. So you can ensure that like, you're not going to pay taxes on that in retirement. You're going to pay taxes on a, on a upfront for whatever you convert, but you're paying on the taxes of the tax rate you're in right now, prior to them possibly raising those rates, mm-hmm. which then decreases the value of that IRA. Yeah. And we've seen that Roth conversion work the best when you are actually getting a tax return at the end of the year and you use that tax return to then pay taxes on the conversion. That's where we've seen that work really powerfully. So that's just another thing you can talk to your professional and say, hey, would this work in my situation? Right. Yeah. And to do that most effectively, you know, I think Aaron's done a great job of this is you really got to dial in your tax liability in the current year early. Yeah. Yeah. Like October through December and really baking that in of what you're going to owe. And, um, yeah, like if you have a $4,000 refund coming in April, you can do a Roth conversion in November, December against that. Cause a Roth conversion triggers tax and the tax can't come from the IRA. You have to, it has to come from your, you know, out of pocket money, cash bank money. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get four or five grand back from the government, we can essentially Roth convert against that and bring your refund to zero, but then shift those IRA dollars into Roth dollars. So, uh, but you really, to, to really get good at that, you have to have your taxes ready to go in this, you know, November, December, um, you know, so, so we can estimate that with your accountant. Yeah. Another reason why I would say the other strategy is just on the non-qualified is, you know, I think a lot of people are maxing out their IRA 401k Roth, capabilities and they're saying hey 
I still have, you know, whatever, one to 5,000 a month I could be saving between, you know, my spouse and I, where and how do we put that? And so that's really where we're focusing on, you know, either tax managed strategies, like if you're in a brokerage account, um, trying to grow that money without triggering capital gains tax uh, or, you know, municipal bonds. Now that interest rates are higher, are looking more attractive. That interest is federally tax-free and pro- probably partially state tax-free. It's hard to buy all municipals in just one state, but um, largely federally tax-free, mostly state tax-free. Uh, obviously, the life insurance is a tax-sheltered um, asset class. Um and so, you know, trying to build wealth in those ways. And then obviously, if you're incorporating real estate, that has its own potential tax advantages, uh, deductions, and that type of thing that can carry forward to your return as well. Right. And I think that's why, like, our philosophy at Uncommon Wealth stuff. Yeah, is always really powerful because it's interesting to me what is uh, kind of like, you know, we run into just a lot of people. And it's just amazing to me how many people are like trying to trade, like, you know, got a Robin Hood account, E Trade account. And I'm not you know, saying not to do that. It's just amazing to me how many people are doing it. And it's just like, if you actually make money at that, like you're going to pay tax immediately uh, at the, you know, like I think the short term bracket now in cap gains is like 28%. Um, that's also stacking onto your personal return. So, you know, based on that progressive uh, tax bracket thing, you know, that we kind of talked about at the beginning, it can really impact your tax liability, especially if you're making over, you know, six figures for you and your spouse. So, you know, that's the kind of money that if you don't have a legitimate trading system and you're just kind of like following message boards and doing random things, like that's not a system to build wealth over time. You could certainly get lucky. And a lot of people had, um, but in terms of like building a wealth generating system of like dollar cost averaging into strategic asset classes to mitigate tax, build wealth and, you know, maintain your liquidity, uh, liquidity just means access to your money. Um, that's where I think a lot more people could be very strategic with those dollars and grow wealth much faster. If, if they had like a concrete strategy with those funds, as opposed to just like, Oh, I follow like wall street bets or somebody, I made a trade or I'm trading this. And the problem with trading is you have to continue to be right. And that's a daunting task when you and your spouse have full-time jobs, kids, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, So the people I feel like are successful at trading it's their full-time job. Like they've quit their job. They're trading their own money. They're managing their taxes. And that is their long-term strategy. Um, and that's a very select few of people that are doing that successfully. So it takes right. a lot to like be that person. Like you have to emotionally yeah. be able to handle your money. <laughs> Generating money from, you know, that's a whole different ball game backwards on sure. a stock chart. It's like, Oh, you should have done this. Should have done that. When you look forwards, it's blank. <laughs> it's a blank page. And, uh, you know, to cross that chasm is a whole different thing. And so I do think there's a, a very big benefit to building wealth by owning stocks, uh, and investing in stocks in the long term. Obviously we have, you know, stalwarts like Warren Buffett to look at for that. But, um, to do that from a tax perspective now it used to be, easy to do that in an after-tax brokerage account. Now, if you're a higher income earner and you're triggering capital gains often, it can be very detrimental. So, you know, shifting really that. Eat up those gains. Yeah. And shifting the individual stock portfolio to a Roth um, is the more strategic play. I think, you know, some should look at depending on where their income levels are at. Um, so anyways, I think that's a lot we've covered. Yeah, it's a lot. 
And uh, that's why I think our philosophy. And it's just so the other thing I'd say is like every nobody can hear me. Is different, like where their income's coming from, where their brackets at, like where their <laughs> money's at. Like it's it's interesting to me. Oh, uh, dude, how different a lot of people's situations are. What's well, there? There really isn't one cookie cutter system for one person. So, uh, like that's where my biggest thing comes in. Where you know you hear a lot of people out there on the internet telling you what to do. I want to make it very clear that that's not us. We're not telling you what to do. It's just, there's, it's ideas of what to think about because everyone, you know, your neighbor in the same neighborhood could have similar same job as you and your spouse. And when you sit down, they have a completely different goals, situation, background, which could totally change what they need for retirement than what you need for retirement or just in general. Yeah, definitely. So I think we hit that well. I think we've lost Philip's microphone. So sure have bring sure us have. out. If you have questions or want to go over your individual plan, uh, obviously you can reach out to us at www.uncommonwealth.com. Uh, also, I'll, you know, if you're making any type of serious money, you know, please start working with an accountant or a CPA. Um, it's just critical, and especially if you own a business or an entrepreneur, there's just a lot of nuance to the tax code now. And uh, if that's not your full-time job, don't try to make it your full-time job. Uh, So surrounding yourself with a team, uh, like a wealth protection team or a wealth freedom team, financial freedom team, we'd love to be a part of that. Um, So yeah, this has been Brian Dewhurst on the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. And Aaron Kramer. And Philip Ramsey. And we sign off for for Philip. So thanks for listening and everybody go be uncommon. That's all for this episode, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.